It's great as always to have you joining us on the ICB News Channel podcast. This is episode nine. My name is Rob Marshall and I'll be your host today on a podcast brought to you by the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. A podcast very much designed for bookkeepers, whether you might be a bookkeeper in practice somewhere in Australia right now, perhaps you're a bookkeeper working within a business and you're sitting with your business owner right now having a listen to our podcast. Welcome and we hope that you will get plenty out of today's episode. Perhaps you're a student bookkeeper. We love the fact that you're trying to find your way in the bookkeeping world right now and this podcast hopefully will help you with that process. We're going to be tackling lots of really important issues today, but in particular, we're going to focus in on two specific topics, topics that have a real uh, engagement with small business, in particular in Australia, right at this moment, in a challenging world, in a very challenging business sense. Our first deep dive conversation that we're going to have today is with Andrew Watson, who is the Assistant Commissioner of Small Business at the ATO. And we're going to put a real focus on cash flow and the challenges that small business has in regards to cash flow right now in a world that just seems to be going crazy and so many challenges that are faced on a day-to-day basis. And then in the back end of, of today's session, we're going to have a chat with Robin Sands, who is the CEO of Link4. And we're going to talk all things e-invoicing. Yet again, another innovation that is fast becoming an option for business to engage with to try and make life just that little bit easier and that cash flow conversation continues to flow through as we discuss all things e-invoicing with Robin. Cashflow and e-invoicing form two major articles of the recently released ICB July newsletter. And for our members, I'd really encourage you, if you haven't already gone and downloaded a copy of the newsletter, we'd really encourage you to do that and to engage with some really, really important information. If you're not a member of the ICB, you can still engage with a lot of what we're going to be covering off in today's podcast by going to our website, icb.org.au, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and you'll see our latest news section. And many of the articles contained within in that uh, part of the website are also contained in our newsletter and discussed today. In, in our newsletter, we cover off on quite a number of articles for July the changes to modern awards, TPAR. We also look at business name renewals and scams, how to stop being removed from the online services for agents, plus much, much more. And also on our website, there is an article that I'd encourage all to engage with that looks at, is my business covered for insurance purposes if I am working from home? A very topical conversation right at this moment. But first... Let's talk all things cash flow and the challenges facing small business right here, right now in Australia. As we continue today, it's absolutely fabulous uh, to be able to usher in a a very important person, somebody who's going to uh, be sharing with us a a really important conversation, one that affects many bookkeepers and certainly needs to be one that uh, we're, we're, we're examining very closely in this month's newsletter. We're talking about pages 40 and 41 for those following along in the newsletter. Um, but we're, I'm really, really thrilled to, uh, to introduce to you the Assistant Commissioner of Small Business at the ATO, Andrew Watson. Welcome to the ICB News Channel podcast, Andrew. 
Thanks for having me, Rob. Great to be here. I really, we really appreciate you uh, interacting with us today, Andrew. A lot of, lot of media, a lot of stuff at the moment around um, issues confronting small business in, in particular. Um, just maybe for a minute, give us a little bit of an understanding of your role as the Assistant Commissioner of Small Business at the ATO. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Okay, so a few things that I've got inside my uh, role. There, there is around when the government makes uh, changes to the tax laws that impact small business. Uh, I've yep. got a team that helps implement that. Um, I've got a, a, a team that actually works on um, what are the needs around digital services for small business that the ATO provides, so our online services for business channel and how that complements online services for agents, which maybe some of our listeners would be familiar for using in their roles as a BAS agent. And then as well, I I have a role in the team, which is around how do we support small businesses to actually um, be more aware of their tax obligations, be more aware of the sort of things in running their business will help them um, to run a better business. And we see that well-run businesses with good records, um, using digital tools, good advisors generally equals <laughs> good tax compliance and then we don't need to bother them. So a team yeah. that sort of helps that um, and cash flow coaching kit uh, is part of what we, we do in that space. And we'll definitely get into that in a, in a few moments. Um, Andrew, I would suggest, uh, I think I, I introduced you as... Um, simply the uh, Assistant Commissioner of Small Business. I think right now you've got one of the uh, toughest or perhaps the most important roles in, in Australia in business at the moment because um, there's there's no doubt that business, as I introduced at the start, is is probably facing challenges right now that we in some cases haven't seen in a long, long time now. Uh, staff shortages, rising costs, supply issues, Inflation. We've just seen the Reserve Bank put interest rates up to in such a fashion that we haven't seen since the 1990s. Uh, maybe not the heights of the 1990s, but certainly at the speed of what's happening with the the increases. Not to mention a, a pandemic that we've all been trying to deal with over the last two or three years. Are you from from the um, um, the position that you hold within the ATO? Are you getting a sense that that is starting to elevate? Is there you know, perhaps you mentioned about um, small business and the importance of, of keeping on top of their uh, compliance. Are you, are you seeing any um, sort of evidences yet that that's starting to, to, to escalate? Oh, look, in, in general, Rob, it's kind of the last, well, the last two and a half years, I think, to describe them as, as interesting for everyone is a, a major understatement. But I, I think where we're at at the moment is for all those factors that you've said, um, they're not directly related um, to COVID. Um, we're entering into a, yeah, another round of uncharted territory where we're seeing things. Yes, there has been a growth in um, tax debt with small business um, across the board over those last couple of years. So we're keen at the moment also around ensuring small businesses and their advisors engage with that. We're really keen that people, and we're seeing good um good like lodgement of activity statements. We're really keen that the people stay engaged with the system um, where they're still in business. Um, but the bit that we're definitely working um, a lot with the advisor community is encouraging small businesses. Yep, a lot of small businesses we know are going through some pretty hard uh, circumstances. There, to quote uh, the small business ombudsman, Bruce Bilson, 
uh, a lot, lot have a bit of extra lead in the saddlebag, either through <laughs> yes. deferred rents or some other yeah. costs that come. It just accrued over the time that that it, it's a really what we're seeing. It's time to actually talk to advise your professional advisors. Um, it doesn't all have to be gloom and doom. It might be that the time to to either look at, at your structure. It might be going and even though interest rates are going up, talking to your bank around finance. Or it could be as well of just understanding the way you're running your business. Are you doing that in a way that's actually, you know, optimising your cash flow, optimising your profitability um, so that you really do understand what your financial position is to make some decisions going forward. So we're not seeing, you know, we're seeing some businesses have gone really well over the last, last few years. Um, it, it is probably where we're trying to encourage businesses is to make informed decisions around their future and a great way to, to be really well informed is to both understand your own position and get good advice. Andrew, all of those things that you've just called out are definitely affecting small business right at the moment and we could spend probably, you know, three hours trying to unpack um, the complexities of of what small business does face at the moment, but what we specifically wanted to call out in this session today and certainly in an ongoing session that we're running through some technical webinars, um, collaborating with your team that you spoke about a little bit earlier around the importance of understanding cash flow in small business at the moment. And certainly as a, a, a long-time accounting uh, consultant, uh, accounting software consultant and a bookkeeper, it's a conversation that uh, I guess many of us in our community have tried to have with small businesses over the years, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. I think right now it's a it's a really important call out that uh, bookkeepers in particular, whether you're a BAS agent or whether you're a bookkeeper, maybe employed by a business owner, is putting a really close lens and a focus on cash flow. And the ATO um, brilliantly have come up what we refer to as the ca- cash flow coaching ki- kit or the digital cash flow coaching kit. Um, maybe give us a little bit of a story around, the, uh, maybe a bit of a backstory and a bit of a explanation, Andrew, of what that's all about. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Well, it, it, it was it's something quite different. People don't normally associate the tax office with, with doing <laughs> stuff like this, which, uh, which yeah. is okay. It, it's nice to actually surprise people uh, sometimes. Um, where we saw from a point of view of um, small businesses getting in trouble through some of our work around the tax gap, often it was cash flow issues, issues then driving behaviour, either you know, unable to, to pay, um, pay tax bills or fear of that because of cash flow, they're not wanting to lodge an activity statement, some of those sorts of things, or, or being tempted to you know, not disclose all their income uh, etc. Um, but the thing we saw with this as well, small businesses are busy and I'm yet to meet a small business that has gone into, owner who's gone into business because they want to spend more time doing stuff around tax. Um, it's around the advisors that they talk to. And we saw particularly with bookkeepers being, could we provide a tool that would actually support a trusted advisor like a bookkeeper to have a conversation with a small business um, or a number of conversations that will help increase their understanding and sort of financial literacy around their, their cash flow uh, and how their business is performing so that they can make better better informed decisions that result in better tax outcomes. So there still is a benefit yeah. for us in the tax system. Don't, don't get us wrong. We're not just all, all sweetness <laughs> yes. and light. But we saw that the best way to deliver that is actually through those trusted advisors to small business 
especially a paper-based yeah. kit. Um, and then a couple of years ago, started after the paper kit was going down really, really well, um, developed a digital kit, which is complementary to uh, and all the same concepts as in the paper kit. So it really gives a resource for bookkeepers, both the digital kit that's online as well as available aspects of the paper kit to actually work in a way that best helps your small business client to to work through through a series of conversations um, that will help them help them better understand their cash flow um, and ultimately probably help you in your more broader conversations around around bookkeeping uh, with your clients uh, around improving their financial literacy. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and um, certainly for for the members of the the institute, the ICB. Um, recently, we ran the first of four webinars, tech webinars around the uh, the cash flow kit, <clears throat> and um, to see the digital uh, alliteration of it, Andrew rolled out was amazing because I had 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 some interaction with the the paper kit, which was always good, but the digital alliteration of it is absolutely fantastic, and we'll we'll certainly call out at the back end of this um, some more um, training that we'll be undertaking with your team in regards to that and the opportunities to invest in that. Um, or probably if you were to identify some some questions that bookkeepers could be trying to identify with business owners as to their needs, possibly more urgent than ever, to, um, to, to look at using something like the Digital Cash Flow Coaching Kit. What, what are the probably, you know, maybe three or four key questions that you could um, suggest that could be asked of a business owner to identify their needs around cash flow? Yeah, Rob, there's, three, there's, there's four, four key questions that are part of the health check, which is one of the tools within the, the kit. Um, and, and it's really sort of four really fundamental kind of questions and the kit helps you work it through with your small business client. First one, am I trading profitably? Um, yeah. I'm sure you and, and a lot of listeners know uh, a lot of small business owners, they might look at how much cash is in the bank account as their measure of profitability rather than what is their actual underlying profitability. So that's the first first one to take. Yep. Second one is then, have I put enough aside to actually meet my regular financial commitments? So starting point, <laughs> does a small business owner understand what their regular financial commitments are? Yeah. And do, and do they uh, as well have enough put aside that's actually going to enable them to meet them as and when they call due? Third one, does the business actually then also have enough to spend on the business owner themselves? Uh, again, most small business owners aren't doing it purely uh, for love. They do want, uh, there's often a lot of love there, but there is also <laughs> a livelihood to be made there for themselves and their family. So they have enough to spend on themselves and also pay others. So, you know, do they have any other employees, etc.? Um, and particularly where it's a small business with employees, it, it's to pay their employees, but also importantly, you know, their superannuation obligations, some of those sorts of things. And lastly, um, what I would describe often as as the barometer question is, is my business getting ahead or falling behind? So what, what's their trajectory? And, and even as you said earlier, Rob, we've just sort of some of the challenges that just keep coming over the horizon for small business um, yeah. at the moment. Um, you know, you, you can't, I, I remember that old ad around uh, super funds where they, at the end, they say past performance is not an indication of future returns. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, I think we've all seen those ones, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think from the point of view of, of um, regardless of how well you might have been doing in 2019, 
um, and things may be starting to settle down somewhat. Um, it really is looking at, you know, at the moment, is your business getting ahead or is your business falling behind? Yeah. Again, your, your, your cash in the bank account is not always the best indicator uh, underlying of, of that. So so those, those four quick key questions around the health check, I think really good starting point for an advisor, bookkeeper to have a conversation with their small business client. Absolutely. Uh, again, I'll reference the fact that um, in my own personal case, two, two fronts. I'm, I'm one, a, a business owner of my own right, so I'm experiencing many of those challenges that you've just called out, um, but I'm also a consultant to small business and, and a bookkeeper in my own right. And, and so, I'm, so I'm seeing both sides of the coin. The, rea- the reality is many small business owners, and let's call them out, the majority of small business owners here in Australia are probably, you know, five or less employees and, you know, are what we might colloquially call a, a, a mum and dad type business. For, for them, a lot, a lot of this is very sort of confronting or confusing, um, and, and it does, does come down to some pretty basic questions, and I think uh, what you've unpacked there really does that, um, and I'm, I'm really applauding the team that you're leading for, for looking at it from that scope or from that angle. Quite often we get a little bit too high level when we try to analyse figures exact and uh, try to get some answers. What you've called out there just really strips it back and says, you know, what do we need to do to be able to, yeah. you know, as the business owner still be able to, you know, maybe take my wife out for tea this Saturday night or whatever, I can afford to do that sort of thing within my business. So congratulations on on, on being able to bring that down. Now the challenge, obviously, especially in our community, is to be able to have the conversations with business owners at that sort of level. And certainly, um, you know, that question around profitability, I've got to tell you, Andrew just crops up nearly every day when I I talk to a client um, or a, a business owner, and I'm sure many business owners listening in right now would, would agree, you know, you, that confusing moment where uh, the accountant tells you you've made yep. X amount, $100,000 worth of profit for the year, and you're sort of sitting there going, but where is it? I can't see it, <laughs> you know, so um, th- that, they're the sort of things that the digital cash flow coaching kit sort of calls out, and uh, having seen the digital alliteration of it, as I said um, uh, recently, I'm really excited for um, small business owners, but in particular the bookkeeping community to be able to engage with this and really encourage that. Just just so we start to wrap this up, Andrew, especially for the bookkeepers who are listening in right now, if... Um, if a bookkeeper is working alongside a, a business owner and, and perhaps uh, engaging with something like the cash flow coaching kit and does start to identify some real ca- cash flow issues, obviously that's not the role of, of the ATO to uh, um, provide advice around maybe what to do there, but certainly from a bookkeeper's mm-hmm. point of view, you know, it's, if there's issues starting to arise for, for businesses with their compliance and with their payments to the ATO, have you got any advice as to what should happen in that sort of instance? Yeah, uh, well, you, you're right, Rob. We can't offer advice, but what we can offer yep. is a bit of time and maybe a bit of understanding to allow a bookkeeper to work through those issues um, with, their, with their client. The only thing is um, we can't do that unless... We know about it, so yeah. it, it is about either the the, the, um, the bookkeeper, the accountant, or the business owner themselves reaching out to the ATO, letting us know. Yeah. You know, if it is then around it, um, uh, which is not a, un, unusual. And to go back to your last scenario, <laughs> there's there's a lot of profitability 
which leads yep. to a tax bill. But maybe yep. for you know, go through a growth phase, the cash the cash isn't there, or the cash is being committed elsewhere. Um, you know, th- th- there are circum- those circumstances where you can negotiate, you know, sort of a, a payment plan to to get things back on track. But there's one thing um, I know for sure with spending a long time um, in tax administration, uh, I've never seen a tax problem uh, go away because someone's put their head in the sand. So yeah, re- reach yeah. out, chat to us. You, you'll be often here talking to small businesses and their advisors. At times, they're pleasantly surprised if they actually, you know, come and say, I've got a bit of this one-off problem with um, cash at the moment. I, I need a few months to pay off my last activity statement. Um, you know, the sort of empathetic hearing they will uh, get from someone on the phone at the ATO. So that's my encouragement it, it is, yeah, don't, don't ignore it, but um, talk to us. You might be surprised how, how willing we will be to help you work through, particularly if you're, you know, good viable, you've got a good viable small business um, to actually get a work through that situation. Um, yep. You know, it's in the best interest of everyone. No, that's excellent, Andrew. Um, certainly... Um, those of us uh, who are members of the Institute know the value and the, the great connection that the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers and the ATO have. And uh, we've had a, lot, a number of sessions at the end of financial year engaging with, with different um, departments of the ATO. And it's been, it's been um, somewhat, uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It, it's been enriching to know that, you know, there is a, an ability to, to reach out to the ATO and there is a, an absolute understanding and in certain circumstances as to, um, you know, issues and problems as you've called out. Um, w- when you drill it down, uh, front page of the West Australian, I'm over here in WA, Andrew, um, front page of the West Australian on Saturday was uh, a whole article about the fact that um, McDonald's and, and Hungry Jacks have put the price of their burgers up, you know. So it's 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 in everybody's faces at the moment what's happening. Um, basically, there, there, there is a, a potential for people to be caught up in, in doom and gloom about what's unfolding, but certainly from the ATO's perspective, what you've called out is you guys are there to, to try and help in whatever way you can. You can't provide specific advice, but this cash flow coaching kit, uh, if you're listening in right now and you haven't heard of that before, I would recommend that you um, engage with a bookkeeper if you haven't already done so to have a conversation around that or certainly um, can jump onto ato.gov.au. Andrew, is there a specific landing site for this that you're aware of? Oh, it, it's um, ato.gov.au slash cashflowcoachingkit. We'll take you to yep. a page that's got lots of resources um, for the listeners to be able to look through some um, instructional videos uh, there just to help an advisor sort of understand a bit more about the kit uh, and how we've seen it used successfully. And certainly for those who are members of the ICB, we've got um, three more uh, technical webinars coming up on the 23rd of August, um, the 27th of September and the 4th of October, where we'll be continuing to unpack with uh, Andrew's team how to... um, uh, very effectively and efficiently utilise the the digital cash flow coaching kit, um, and really looking forward to to continuing to engage with the team, Andrew, and what we can uh, uh, certainly provide as an important um, tool for small business here in Australia right now. But Andrew, um, I'll give you the last word, but I want to thank you for uh, joining us today on the ICB News Channel podcast. Um, we we really really appreciate what you've 
um, what your, your, yourself and the team are doing uh, with the cash flow kit and uh, really looking forward to where that takes us into the future. No, thanks for having me, Rob. Um, at the ATO, we appreciate the partnership with ICB and the great work that ICB members do um, at the coalface with small businesses on a day-to-day basis, hopefully um, either through the, the webinars um, that we're jointly uh, producing or, or elsewhere. You know, have, have a look at have a look at the kit. It, it's it's in language that your small business clients can understand, bite-sized chunks, and it, it's it, it's um, able to be used uh, very flexibly. So, encourage you to have, have have a look, see how it can be used. Because um, yeah, it is something we've seen has actually been really good in practice for both advisors and their clients. And and I will finish by saying and adding um, great call out that bite sized chunks. I think that's the approach here um, to try and tackle this in one hit is um, probably not the best approach, not best practice. Uh, those bite sized chunks, and that's what we'll continue to do through not only this forum but also uh, absolutely through our technical webinar series. Um, so again, thanks Andrew, and uh, all the best, and uh, stay warm and stay uh, stay safe. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Rob. And as we continue our journey through this episode of the ICB News Channel podcast and Andrew Watson slips out one door and through another door comes our next guest. I referenced this in in the intro parts of this particular um, part of the, the webinar, webinar, podcast. We, we're going to talk about webinars in a moment. But I'd like to uh, absolutely welcome to the ICB News Channel podcast uh, a gentleman by the name of Robin Sands. He is the CEO of Link4, and uh, we're going to be talking all things e-invoicing. Robin, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Rob. I'm looking forward to uh, this little chat. Oh, I certainly am too. Uh, e-invoicing, it's uh, one of those buzzwords that's been around for a little bit now, but uh, we're um, we're really wanting to put an emphasis on it, and it certainly is a major article in our July newsletter. Um, for those again who are following along in the newsletter, uh, you'll be able to engage with that. This is this is also covered off in our news items for the the business owners who are tuning in and want to go to icb.org.au. You can uh, definitely catch up on where we're at and what we're about to talk about when it comes to e-invoicing. So tell me, tell me this, Robin. The, firstly, the term e-invoicing, and uh, in particular, um, there's been I've seen a few alliterations of this. Uh, how do you even spell it for a start? How does it come about? What is e-invoicing? Yeah, actually, it's probably not even the best word to use e-invoicing because people think of email invoicing when yeah. it's you know, exactly not that. Um, so e-invoicing is often spelled with a dash. Um, which is internationally, that's what it's spelled with. But just like the word electronic mail got shortened to e-mail and then email with no dash, e-invoicing is going the same way. So um, Australia, New Zealand, we've dropped the dash. We've always shortened things. Um, So we spell e-invoicing without the dash uh, in Australia, New Zealand. So I I think it's one of those words that's evolving right in front of us. Both ways are correct. But officially now it's spelled in Australia without the dash. Without the dash, okay. And and here's a little uh, little tidbit for you. I don't think I've actually shared this with you. The the practice that I run here in Western Australia, my bookkeeping practice for 25 years is called eBiz Solutions. So I, I threw a little E in there as well way back in 25 years ago and that's had a few people scratching their heads over the years. What's the eBiz thing, Rob? So we, we just go, it's just eBiz, you know. <laughs> Ahead of your time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, Robin, um, this uh, this this one I did. I got to say, brought a little smile to my face. You know, we live in a world now where um, we regularly have weeks. You know, there might be. Uh, I saw on Facebook the other day. I think I've mentioned it in our other podcast, the Heart of the Bookkeeper. There was Australian. Um, uh, naked lawn mowing week or something. Yeah, it was something bizarre. There seems to be weeks for, for a lot of things these days. We called it out in uh, in the episode of Heart of the Bookkeeper if you're intrigued by that and want to go and have a listen. Um, but 15th to the 19th of August is here in Australia e-invoicing week. How did how did that come about or what, uh, what, what what's that all about? Yeah, so this is being driven by the government. Actually, the ATO are behind it. Uh, reality is e-invoicing is really good for any business. It's really good for the economy, but a lot of people don't know what it is. Um, but it's, it's getting to a level of maturity now when they can actually put more focus on it. And so the whole idea of e-invoicing week is to help educate uh, the masses about what e-invoicing is but also share some of the stories and wins that people have been having with it just to show that, you know, this is not future, this is here. Uh, it's simple, it's easy, everyone should be able to do it and, yeah, let's raise more awareness, awareness of it. Um, and that is exactly what the Invoicing Week's about. So to start to get into the tin tax, this is, this is a relationship, a traditional rate relationship that we've known for ever, you know, going back to paper and pen or maybe even further than that, pencil and, and tablet, um, where a, a, um, a supplier provides an invoice to a customer. So it's still that relationship, isn't it, if we get drilled down to it, that you've got the supplier and you've got the customer? Or, and, yeah, so yes? one of the questions I, I like to ask is what is an invoice? Mm. And now previously I used to say it was like a piece of paper that had the information of a transaction on it. Um, reality is, though, it's that information about the transaction is the invoice. Yeah. We used to put it on a piece of paper so we could get it from, you know, the supplier through to the customer. And then we wrapped it up in a PDF. Um, now with e-invoicing, we just allow the two computers to talk together. So we get that data from the supplier's computer into the customer's computer. Simple, quick. That simple, yes. I guess a lot of this comes on the back of, and, and certainly the ICB has put a huge, uh, a greater focus this year than ever before on security and the process of using our various softwares that we use and the, the security issues that can come with that. We, we even have an article in our July newsletter around uh, invoicing scams and and the issue with payment redirection around scams in particular. And Sadly, we're seeing that more and more and more. There's been a lot of media even recently on it. I know Channel 7, I think it was, recently did a story about redirection scams when it comes to invoicing and other other scams from from the uh, the dark side of uh, the web, we might call it. Um, what What is... So does e-invoicing tackle that, do you believe? Is that is that part of the brief when it comes to e-invoicing? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to e-invoicing. There's other reasons why it started. But for me, this is the biggest reason about why people should be doing it now. Email is not safe. So sending a PDF by email can get intercepted. Things can be changed in that, that document and it can be forwarded on. Wrong guys get paid. That step's removed with e-invoicing. So e-invoicing allows the computers to talk together 
in real time. So there's not this opportunity for the bad guys to get in between. And there's a lot of layers of security that are put in between these counter systems and in the PEPOL network that, you know, don't exist through the email side of things. So it's a lot safer to, uh, well, stop using emails uh, and start doing e-invoicing. Just from that point alone, I think is, you know, a lot of businesses and, and bookkeepers should be considering not waiting to see what e-invoicing is like, but actually get on, getting onto it now so that they don't get bitten with one of these scams and then go, oh, you know what, I should have changed. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this The biggest scam to hit small business um, in the last three years each year has been the payment redirection scams. So it's not, you know, a little threat. It's a big threat and Australians are losing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year because they get caught out with it. So so you, let, let's just unpack that a little bit more because I think this is really, really the essence of it, as you've said. Um, so, you know, traditional method at the moment, not, maybe not traditional method, but a very common method at the moment is to to raise an invoice within your software and send it to a supplier or vice versa. The supplier raises an invoice in their software and sends it to you um, and you pay that. The assumption, of course, is that <laughs> the invoice that you've received is actually from the supplier that you actually dealt with. Where, where does e-invoicing change all of that? What's the what's the moment that sort of changes that kind of manual process of e- using email to go backwards and forwards at the moment? Well, so I guess when you're, you know, getting an invoice into yourself, it's like now I've got to put that information into my accounting system. Yeah. There's ways of doing that these days if you use it like a scanning system or use something like Dext, which is like an OCR reader. That can populate the fields in your system. But it's they're not 100% accurate, so, you know, errors do creep in. You do need to start with the document to, to, to begin with and, and various things around that. With e-invoicing, it just takes the data out of the fields from the supplier's computer and puts them directly into the fields in the customer's computer. It doesn't sort of automatically accept it and go, yep, that is correct. Like it is there as a draft for you to review and you can make sure that that's correct, but you don't have to put those figures in. Like it just goes in there. And it's not just the totals and the dates, it's all the line items and all the, the data that you want to see in there and actually gives you a lot more, I guess, business intelligence having all that data in there that you can look at 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 any time. And then you never lose an invoice again because it's there. It's there. And is it a case of it creates this direct link between your system and the supplier system that cuts out that potential for uh, a scammer, if we call it it that, to to intercept the invoice in the first place? Is that one of the, the, the parts of the jigsaw here? Yeah, correct. So it's basically like a hose that goes between it. Um, you know, it can't be intercepted. The, the, the flow of information or the flow of water just goes straight through and it happens pretty much instantly, you know, that few seconds, few minutes delay, whatever it might be. But um, it happens so quickly that, yeah, people can't intercept it and it's, it's there. It's probably less and less or certainly diminishing in our world at the moment, in our um, um, accounting software world in particular. But what if somebody listening to this, a business owner right now listening to this says, you know, this is something I want to find out more about, I want to engage with this, but I don't use cloud accounting software at the moment. It still does exist. What's the story there? 
Yeah, no. Um, so we've been around e-invoicing for many years and we're part of the discussions early on about, you know, should e-invoicing be you know, generally accepted in Australia? And this was one of the questions that came up because there are a lot of people with desktop systems or the old pen and paper, whatever it might be. So um, these people could not be hindered or held back from joining e-invoicing. And because of that, there are actually several options now that can go online and use a portal that's online to submit an invoice or to receive an e-invoice. And so that means that anyone can do it. Now, some of these are low cost, other ones are free. And so it's just a matter then of, you know, depending on what suits your business needs better, but no matter what you've got, anyone can do e-invoicing. Yeah, no, that's 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 great. What one of the probably larger software providers, accounting software providers in Australia, of course, is Zero, uh, fully on on online or in the cloud, you could say. So no issues there. <clears throat> we had a um, for for members in particular. If you missed it, we did a uh, e invoicing lens with Zero back in April in two thousand and twenty two. So a few months ago, um, that. Uh, our members can go back and have a look at. We we called it mastering e-invoicing using Zero. Um, <clears throat> is is that you know that's clearly the future of e-invoicing? What Zero have have produced, and I know some the other softwares are are also going down a similar line. Is that how you see it will really evolve out? Yeah, pretty much. That's about right. And um, so we started actually we made were the first ones to make Zero e-invoicing possible in 2016. Um, and, you know, we had discussions with them at that point that they were going to bring it into their system at the right time, which is what they're doing now, but they'll always provide basic e-invoicing. And yep. so majority of people that is completely fine for. Um, there are others that need a bit more to it, which like approval processes or, you know, would you like an alert when an e-invoice arrives? Um, do you need to know who's doing e-invoicing before you create an invoice? There's, there's a whole bunch of other things that um, aren't addressed by the cloud accounting companies um, that, you know, providers like Link4 can actually go and meet those needs. So depending on what your business is, depends on, on what solution you should use. And one of the things I like about the whole e-invoicing um, environment is the companies that are providing it, we're, we're kind of all friends. Like we're right. not out there to, you know, hinder anyone joining e-invoicing because it only works when everyone gets onto it. And so we all encourage, you know, everyone join in. It doesn't matter how you join it, join e-invoicing. If you're using Xero, start using Xero, get, get that going. And if you decide that it's not meeting your needs, then have a look to see what's around and go, oh, let me join Link4 and start using Link4. Yep, um, yep. Both free, so it doesn't, you know, cost you anything. Try them out and see, see how it works. That's That's excellent. Just as we start to wrap up, one of the things that sort of has been raised a number of times when I've ha- I had these conversations or we've had uh, as the ICB conversations, h- how do you know who's actually engaged with the e-invoicing network? How, how do we know that a supplier, for example, is is on the e-invoicing wagon? Yeah, that's, that's a bit of a pain point for many. Um, there is a website or a, a way you can go as a directory, I guess, to look it up. It's a bit like the Yellow Pages. Right. It's it's not user-friendly. It's pretty complicated. Um, best thing is to do is to talk to your um, suppliers and customers and go, by the way, I'm e-invoicing enabled now. You can send me your e-invoices or can I send you e-invoices? Um, 
We've solved that problem within Link Four in that you know we look we have a lookup that's built in, and so you know you sign up to Link Four, we'll show your address book, and then we'll just put next to it all of those that are already on the network. Right, it's hundreds of people joining the network every month, and so that changes all the time. And you don't want to be constantly looking something up or whatever, but if it if it comes up in the um, the system to say, oh, here's a new one for you, great. Um, saves you having to worry about it. And you don't need to know who's on the network before you create an in- invoice. So right. especially with Link 4, you create the invoice, we'll send it as an e-invoice if it can. If not, we'll send it the old-fashioned way as an email. So it'll still be sent. So oh, like I say, as we start to wrap up, what, what would you classify? So um, obviously my call-out, well, not my call-out, my take-out from what you just said is, Hey, come on, folks, you know, business owners, uh, bookkeepers, you can either be part of the revolution or you can get left behind by the revolution, I think is, is kind of what you're saying there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited by what I've seen so far. But what, what would you say is probably already, other than the, the bit about security, which we've talked about, what are the other main advantages or what is probably the main advantages? And I think I'm going to, I'm going to throw it in there. I can hear a thousand small business owners shouting in my ears now. Will that result in invoices being paid faster? That's probably the one that certainly as a, as a long-time consultant, I get asked regularly, how, how can I get my invoices paid faster? Yeah, 100%. It does. Um, so we've seen many people get their invoices paid faster um, one of our large suppliers gets, they found a 50% increase in on time or early payments because of it. And it's surprising that someone can get an invoice and pay it on that day, even though it might not be due for another three weeks. So they are getting paid faster. Um, the government are paying within five days. So if you're supplying the government, um, that is a good thing. They're actually paying faster than that. They don't like us talking about it, but <laughs> They've got the system set up, and so we see, often see people paid within 24 hours. And in fact, last week we saw someone paid within an hour of them sending the invoice out, um, which made the supplier happy on that one. So, yeah, the people are getting paid faster, which is a good thing. And for the those other side, like there's ones that are paying faster, have the convenience, it's easy, and so they're actually happy to go through that process and even pay faster because it's more convenient for them. And there has been some independent studies done on that, which is a good thing. So with our, um, with our shout out that it's in our uh, July newsletter, I encourage our members absolutely to go and engage with that. Quite a comprehensive, it is pretty much the main article of our July newsletter. So uh, members, if you haven't had a look at that, I'd strongly recommend you do. For, for business owners who are tuning in, and we really encourage business owners to engage with, with us on all our topics, if you go to our website, www.icb.org.au, and just on the homepage, go to the bottom, you'll fe- see our latest news items, click on... Uh, Click on the more button to see them all and you'll see some comprehensive articles on e-invoicing. We also call out that uh, at the time we're uh, producing this podcast that we're about to do a full-on technical webinar. Uh, Robin and myself will get together again and and have a look at e-invoicing in a lot greater detail, I suspect. 17th of August, um, (coughs) excuse me, at 12.30pm Eastern Time. For us here in the West, that's 10.30am um, and uh, 17th of August. So we'd encourage you to jump on, members, and, and have a look at that technical webinar. 
And Robin, I'm guessing if um, anybody who's listening in right now went to www.link4.co, there's uh, information there that they could have a look at. And Yeah, absolutely. And the webinar that you and I are doing is during e-invoicing week, which is good. So I think everyone listening, take advantage of e-invoicing week to learn as much as you can. But feel free to go to the website and check us out too. Spot on. 15th to the 19th of August here in Australia. It's e-invoicing week and uh, it's just your opportunity to go, I've heard about this. I don't know really what it's about. I need to get my head inside it because it's a revolution that you want to hitch your wagon to. So, Robin, we're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, great uh, great opportunity for us to unpack a little bit about this uh, sometimes whisper on the wind called e-invoicing that certainly is, is gathering momentum and uh, we'd really, um, we really appreciate your time today. Thanks. Thanks so much, Rob. Appreciate it. And for, for those who've uh, tuned in today, we really appreciate your time here today on the ICB News Channel podcast. We really... Uh, uh, encourage you to continue to invest in all the all our episodes. You can go back through uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever method you choose on our website, icb.org.au, to invest in our previous episodes of the ICB News Channel podcast. We look forward to uh, you tuning in again soon, and we wish you all the best in the uh, in the weeks ahead. 